the B2B Messaging Podcast by Winter. Welcome back to B2B Messaging Podcast. Today we have Crystal Ponish, Senior Product Marketing Manager for Cloud Security at Uptix. Crystal, glad to have you on today. It's great to be here. We'll go ahead and get started. How did you end up in product marketing and why did you choose this path? I honestly got really lucky to some degree. I started as a front-end engineer, which by nature puts you very close to marketing and revenue, right? Because you're doing a lot of revenue operations, essentially is what it's now called. But I was doing a lot of, I owned graphic design and the website and social media. And it just kind of extended into marketing, I guess. It's kind of an odd way that I, because I would have to report in marketing meetings, our website and Amazon sales and things like that. I stumbled into marketing from front end engineering. And it was, it was actually this interesting kind of a ski shop, like a high end ski and sportswear shop. And because I was owning the website and marketing and I was building a little department, I also got to work with vendors like the North Face and Patagonia on selling products, right? So I think I didn't realize I stumbled into product marketing with physical products because we we built a photo studio and, you know, especially at the time, I'm not sure if it's still the case, but producing quality images had a huge impact on your SEO and the quality of your website and things like that. So, so yeah, I stumbled into it with working with those kind of vendors and that's how I got into it. And then I, from there, applied at a tech company and got a product marketing job and I've been doing it ever since. Why I chose this path. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love to learn. And so I'm constantly trying to learn and expand and stay ahead of trends. And product marketing puts you in the perfect position to, to do both, right? The technical and the people and staying ahead and always learning and growing in different directions. So that's, that's why I chose the path. How is messaging being done today at your current company? Right now, it's me and product marketing. I work very closely with our sales team. I work closely with analysts. I am on gong calls. And what happens is product marketing will consume all of this information from the different departments. We also, because we own the ICP, we have defined who we're speaking to up front, right? Which I think is probably the most critical and number one step of messaging. Before we can get anywhere close to doing the right thing, we have to understand who we're talking to. So what we do at our current company is we define our ICP. We're in the process of that now because we are creating a new category, right? Like that's the unique challenge of what I do because I scale unicorns, particularly from stage B through E. I'm often, and I'm always, I, I intentionally choose kind of brand new categories. So anyway, so because we do, we're, we're creating a brand new market and we're always doing something new, product marketing, what I do is I own the ICP. It's a lot of research. It's a lot of like talking to the field, a lot of hypothesis around who we think it is because we don't really know just yet a lot of the times before we launch a new product. So, so there's that piece of it, right? So it's owned by me. I create the ICP. I ingest info from the field. I, we then turn that into, so after you define your ICP, I believe very strongly, and then it's put, then you go into positioning, right? So understanding where you are in the market, what your ICP is and what they need and where that overlap is with what you provide. So we define the kind of position of our, whether it's, you know, it's interesting because I am so early stage, I either, I'm sometimes defining the position of products and then sometimes kind of the entire startup as a whole, right? And so at Uptix, 
because we're so new, we're still doing a lot of like defining us as a whole, but then also some individual product launches. So it depends which one I'm working on. And then we actually get into messaging, right? Once you, once you do ICP positioning, then you get to messaging. And then that's really a lot of like, honestly, I kind of think of myself, I'm kind of a thief, you know, like I really just, I listen to a ton of gong calls, right? And I, I go, I go to events, I stay close to the field. I talk to salespeople and I just, I listen to our ICP because I truly believe if you immerse yourself really deeply in who you're selling to in your market and your prospects, you'll intuitively get to the right messaging because you're hearing, I've noticed you hear patterns, you hear people saying the same things over and over. Then I go from there. So long-winded answer, but that's how we currently do it at Upjigs. But because it's we're so early stage, so much of it is it's hypothesis and then testing. Who comes up with the key messages that you want to send out to the market? Right now it's me and the team I work on and, and just doing that collaboratively. Like we don't have a giant team. So it's me based on like it's I, I come up with so for example, what I did recently was we kicked off an integrated campaign program, right? So that's the entire marketing department kind of working together through all the different channels to do that. So integrated marketing is in demand gen, which is a bit of a different department than me. And then I'm in product marketing and I'll collaborate with them because growth marketing is over there. A lot of the people with a lot of access to data are in integrated marketing. So what I'll do is come up with hey, this is what I'm hearing in the market. This is aligned to launches, programs, or like larger kind of themes in the market. I'll put it out there and say, this is like, this is the draft, right? So I put out an integrated campaign theme brief that told the story, um, then got into individual, I like buyer personas and ICPs, their pains. And then the like three different pitches essentially we're telling this year, the three different stories that we're telling. And then that goes... I write up the initial draft and then we go through review with field and sales and everyone else. We edit it, things like that. And then we do testing, but right now it's with me. I, I imagine you're also the one that takes the messaging and turns it into website copy. Yes, but I like to think of product marketing. So I, I like to think of creating the source documentation. So we just launched a new website when I got here, we were kicking it off in February and launched it by April. And so, yeah, so I wrote, all of the all of my product domains essentially I wrote the first draft of that I send that over to copywriters we review it with product management and then yeah and then we make sure it's the right actual website copy I think that copy editors tend to do a better job than me um, I do my best and then I, I I trust the people who are better at it to improve it from there how do you know the messaging is working we have heat maps we have a lot of tools that are tracking buyer behavior so right now, because there's not a ton of baseline because we are so new, we baseline against what's kind of happening versus whenever we actually launch a new program or feature, whenever we launch the website, how the metrics have changed from what they were previously. So right now, honestly, we're just watching it kind of trend upwards and that's how we know it's working. It's still, it's, I mean, it's not an exact science, which is what's great about winter, honestly. My, I'm a, I am a super fan and use them in my work or use you guys in my day-to-day. -day. But I work with our growth marketing lead and we go through the analytics of the page. We go through the heat maps. We review it on the marketing all hands weekly. And we just kind of constantly surface those metrics and review for how they're performing. Can you elaborate on what metrics you are following? 
It depends on what program we're working on. I think cost per click right now is huge because we're running a lot of paid programs. So that tends to be where it's easiest, I think, to do testing and see what's working, right? So cost per click is definitely the biggest thing for me. I think whenever I'm at least in the like in what I'm working on right now, like it's just the easiest way to get data quickly with the programs we're already running. But then the other things I look at, like, you know, I, it's funny because like I said, just we're establishing things for the first time. So, so much of what you wish were there, just, it's not there. We're just building infrastructure right now. We're just learning how to collect that data. I think it's every product marketer's dream to be able to put messaging out in the world and instantly see all of the quantitative data around whether it works or not and when things have changed. And I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't have, like, I think that's part of product marketing that can be a struggle, but you don't own that, right? Like you're, I'm working with other teams and we're just trying to build the infrastructure and I don't own a ton of that. So there's that element. So we don't have like a super well-established, all the metrics we track on a weekly basis that are like, that never change. Like we are starting to establish what we can and that's SQLs. Like we have a, a weekly MQL meeting, right? So we're tracking, and I guess maybe that's if I'm, I guess, yeah, that's the number one thing for me. The number one metric I track is definitely pipeline, like revenue in the pipeline and then pipeline velocity and just how quickly we know opportunities are moving through, right? So like, and I work with RevOps and I don't own the specific numbers. We just kind of like, we meet weekly, we watch, we watch what's happening. I pay attention. I kind of listen to what they tell me are the most important ones to some degree um, outside of what I care deeply about, which are. SQLs, like cost per acquisition, cost per click, that kind of information. And then we also do an interesting thing we've started tracking that I really like, which is heroes, is what we call them, which are high intent revenue opportunities. So it's people who come right to the website and raise their hand and say, give me a demo. I want to talk to someone immediately. So like almost like hot leads, we treat them separately. And so the more we have of those, and that's what I'm watching now, right? Like I don't have a beautiful report every week, but I get on that weekly MQL call with sales and marketing, and we see how many heroes are showing up. We see what's in the pipeline. And I think that hero lead count is a really good leading indicator of how well our messaging is doing in general. What what are some ongoing activities, things that happen on a regular basis that help you to improve or optimize your messaging? We're still just so early stage. Like the ongoing thing is right now it's establishing foundational frameworks and product marketing, just messaging artifacts in general. And the field, the field is like, that's who tells us the sales team really tells us when things are outdated, that can be a big indicator for us. Yeah. It's just communication with other departments, watching our, kind of heat maps and doing A-B testing on what's working there on the website. It's just like an active process that that comes like with the day-to-day of keeping your ear to the ground. How often are you making updates or changes to your messaging or positioning? Right now, I would say yearly. Like at Uptick's foundational messaging and positioning is yearly. And then on a per launch basis, there's also kind of the minor messaging updates that come with that. And and if it's a tier one launch, maybe there are some fundamental like shifts in positioning, but right now it's, it's probably, I'm going to say on a yearly basis, I think in an ideal world. Yeah. If you are updating it dynamically and consistently, 
based on feedback, based on data and metrics. Even then you have to, I think probably it's going to depend on where you are, where your company is, what you're working on, what the return is. Like that's a big thing, right? Like the return on your positioning and messaging efforts. It's, it's kind of different and interesting when you're doing category creation and thought leadership because so for example, I worked at a company who was one of the, the pioneers of this. So I work in cloud native application protection, right? So this isn't my first time working. That's why messaging at this point, when, when you're so ingrained for so long in your market, you eventually, it becomes so intuitive. But I worked at a cloud native application protection place that they're the real pioneers of this category. They're creating it. And they had to beat that drum and the same messaging, I think for five years before it hit critical mass. So that's why... You know, I want to say there's like a perfect prescribed amount of messaging and positioning updates. And yeah, like in my dream product marketers world where I live and nothing else exists, I am constantly updating and testing that messaging. But the reality is like, yeah, whenever we were, nobody understood why cloud native application protection was important in 2018 because the technology had been around for three years. So like if we're like, I have to really look at where the product I'm working on and where the market I'm working on where they are in that adoption, the innovation adoption life cycle. Because if you're working with really, really early innovators and adopters, that kind of short-term messaging towards them, you can, you can test and make sure you're keeping it up to date. But say you get it right with them, right? There's only five people in that kind of stage of the market. So you get it right with them. Say then you're like, I don't know, now we want to update it and edit it. You, you have to give it a certain amount of time I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. Like I would just say that you have to probably define what that time frame is up front, consider, take into account all the context and factors going on in your market, and then define what a time frame is for testing and saying, okay, our positioning is gonna be outdated at this point in messaging. But positioning is also the good thing about it, is it's a little more stable than messaging. Messaging does need to be updated a lot more often. Is there a, a product or a launch or a company that you had the most fun? creating messaging for. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because it wasn't my, yes. So my answer to this question is always when I launched cloud native detection response to market, it wasn't a category and it was our first step at kind of trying to create a category in this space. It was really a first best only situation. And it was completely, I mean, when you talk about a wild west frontier with no definition, complete like white space, cloud native detection response, no one had brought this kind of product to market. So we were years ahead of the curve, which tended to be how it was at this company I worked at. But it meant that I got to spend a year researching the top professionals and industry thought leaders in my market and who were buying my competitors' products in the buying cycle for my product. And I used a tool to basically speak to 50 DevOps leaders, CISOs, and general like technicians in the, this market space I live in or that I work in. And I, that was sort of like a six month period, six months to a year. So I it was at this dynamic and active, like every week we had multiple calls scheduled. So it was this qualitative research of getting to say, okay, we have a call this week. What are the questions we want to ask? And so then putting together, okay, here are the pitches and messaging we want to test. Which one does he, he really resonate with more? Which one do they resonate with best? Um, and so I just think that is like, that is where I really, really, really learn to love product marketing and messaging in particular, because I got to spend so much time talking to the market and it really is different than, 
I feel like in product marketing or marketing, we can sit in our Ivy tower and we can say like, we can come up with all a million great ideas, but you can be so far off. And unless you're actually having a conversation with your prospect, you may, you may be totally wrong. Right. And you won't know. And if you don't have that well-established feedback loop and quantitative testing that so many organizations do not have yet, especially at my, at my stage. Yeah. Let me make sure. Hold on. What did I want to? Okay. Yeah. So, so for me, that's why it was so much fun because I, I couldn't just exist in a bubble about what I thought was the right messaging. I was forced to have these conversations and understand messaging at a very deep level and understand my market. And so I think that that market research was so much fun for me. It's absolutely so close to my heart. I really loved it. I launched the product because I owned cloud native detection response and then runtime security. I, I just really grew to love it. I became so passionate about runtime security and it's, which feels like such a bizarre thing but everyone at the company would talk about. They've never met anyone so passionate about a product in their life. And that wouldn't have come if I hadn't deeply understood the product and the value it brought to people and how they felt about it and what they needed in the market. It allowed me to really be a customer advocate and be passionate about the right messaging because I knew what the right messaging was because I was talking to prospects every day. Crystal, the last question I have for you is to become great at messaging, what do you think is needed? What do you learn? Where do you learn it? I mean, my initial response is I think to become great at messaging, you have to be great at empathy. I'm not sure if that's too woo of an answer, but I, I truly believe marketing and messaging is human connection at scale, right? It's that, like that feeling you share with somebody when there's this mutual spark of learning or joy or interest or validation right? Like you hear me, you see me, you understand me. Now I want to engage with you more. And you're trying to have, messaging is trying to have that conversation at scale through different mediums. So through a computer screen, through an event booth graphic, through a BDR conversation, through email cadences, you're just trying to have human conversations. So you have to start with the human, you have to start with empathy, you have to start with listening. So you can have all the tools in the world, you can do everything else, but empathy is where you're going to find magic, I think, with your customers. And that's where you will truly come up with the, the best messaging is when you start with that empathy. I really like Product Marketing Association's storytelling framework. It's kind of a good tool for actually achieving that and putting that down on paper and learning how to get there, even if maybe it doesn't come as naturally or instinctively to you or you're not as engaged in the, your market or something. So those tools are useful. And I'm trying to think of anything else, but yeah, I, I think it's that you start with empathy. You start with the human. What we do is about humans. So you can't ever forget that. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for speaking with me today and being on the podcast. Thank you. This is so much fun. Once again, Crystal Punish, Senior Product Marketing Manager for Cloud Security and Optics. Thanks again.